Tehillim Kufnun Hallelujah Hallelujah Bekodishon Hallelujah Birkiyah Uzo Hallelujah Bikvurotav Hallelujah Kerov Udlo Hallelujah Beteka Ashofar Hallelujah Benevel Vechinor Hallelujah Betof Umachol Hallelujah Beminim Verogav Hallelujah Betiltalei Shamar Hallelujah Betiltalei Trohah Kol Hanshamat Hallelujah Hallelujah Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise his God, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with harp and lyre, praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and flute. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Everything that has breath shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us, Lord. Thank you for another day to be in your service, Lord. Thank you for another day to gather together as the body, to have a celebration in your word, to learn directly from our source, which is God the Father, through your word, Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit inside of us ministering to us, Lord. Lord, may your word contain something for each and every one of us, Lord, as we crucify the sins of our flesh in to join you, Father God, to be more obedient to you and to be of greater service to you. Lord, I pray you expand our tents, you forgive our sins, and you find us worthy stewards of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. And with that, uh, because of there's some incredible stuff in this chapter, I want to uh, I'm going to blow the shofar again. Let it clear the air for the reading of your word, Lord.
Right on radio. Right on radio. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Welcome, everyone, to this beautiful Sunday. I'll tell you, it's only a couple degrees above freezing here where I live, but the sunshine is glorious. You can feel the heat on my face from it. I can hear birds chirping, and it's only mid-February. Truly, I'm rejoicing uh, today. And uh, I thank you for being here. If you're new to the show, my name is Jeff. If you're not new, please uh, please start sharing these. I think today is going to be somewhat revealing to you. Uh, I'll tell you the truth that uh, when I started studying for this chapter al- almost two weeks ago, uh, there was a certain part of this chapter, which we're going to get into today, and I just, why is Paul saying this? It just, it didn't make sense to me. I've just got to, I got to tell you. And so I, I was praying, Lord, reveal to me, what, why did you put, why did you have Paul put this in there? And uh, I believe I got the answer and it's not uh, what I would have figured out on my own. So, you know, it's uh, from God, the father. Um, wow. What a, what a beautiful day. I've got a, lot to share today. So uh, I'm just going to start with the uh, reading of the chapter. I like to keep the chapter in context. And as you know, I don't stray outside of the chapter uh, very often. Today, I'm going to bring up uh, one of the parables because I think it really helps lend uh, to the teaching that is going to go forth here. So bless the reading of your word, Lord. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is only one body and one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all, who is over all and through all, in all. But to each one of us, grace was giving, given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, He led captive to the captives, and he gave gifts to people. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man 
to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the body being lifted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are no longer to walk just as Gentiles, also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference for your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. Because we are parts of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. The one who steals must no longer steal. But rather he must labor, producing with his own hands what is good. So that he will have an, something to share with the one who has need. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but if there is any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. <laughs> there... I don't know if uh, if I've built up any trust in this community over the 
couple of years I've been doing this podcast, I've been real with you. Uh, I've been honest about pretty much all of my shortcomings. But I have also been very honest with you when I tell you that I take this responsibility of being over this community very seriously. Uh, I have many shortcomings even in doing so. But I really trust the leading of the Lord. And when you examine these scriptures that we just read, and you look at where we are today, God pre-planned this so perfectly, it could not have been me. The only thing that I will claim is that I really do seek out God, I really do pray, and I ask for his guidance. And I would say most of the time, if not all the time, I'm obedient to his guidance. When you look at the series that we're doing, this one on mass deception, you know, and it says in this chapter, being swept away by every wind of doctrine. When it talks about the, the, really the theme of this chapter, although it's really how to walk in Christ is the theme of the chapters four, five, and six. The theme of this chapter is unity in Christ. And we have had a problem in unity, uh, particularly in our chat channel and argument over false prophets and, you know, everyone wants to be right. I get it. That's not what this chapter, that's not what the word of God is saying for, for us to do. And I find it amazing when we talk about the, uh, you know, the fivefold ministry that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, if you were on singing poor last night, it was, uh, it was incredible. And uh, someone shined last night and, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to single you out Ophira, but I'm going to mention your name. Uh, Ophira has shined. And one of the things that I want to mention, and it's so important is First of all, Ophira has been leading by example. She has her family prepared for the prayer. They are prepared. They know exactly what they're going to say. They they script out at least a portion of it. And then I think, you know, she shares from her heart. And that is amazing because it's the unity in her family leading by example, and her husband has a very powerful voice, by the way, as well. And that is so key, but she also shined last night, and she gave a preach. And if you were there at Singing Poor last night, I almost don't have to give a preach on this chapter because Ophira essentially preached unity in Christ. And very strongly, 
very strongly. It was it was a beautiful thing. Now I I don't think she's with us here. I know she'll uh, catch up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she she's in Hawaii, folks. And by the way, from the strength of her testimony, I expect that uh, at least ninety percent of Hawaii is going to be probably saved by the end of the year. <laughs> um, it was just a beautiful thing. So last time we talked about the different things, uh, the different aspects, the seven different aspects, the unity and the spirit, uh, the humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and love, being diligent and unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, there's one God, there's one calling, and it really is like that is our calling. Uh, and we discussed that thoroughly last week, so I'm not going to go back on that. However, um, I want you to have that in mind as we go into verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Just hear those words. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So each one of us, there is not none that is excluded. If you have found salvation in Christ, grace was given to you. And grace really... In, the way I look at it and the way I interpret it through the scriptures, grace is like the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. And it was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So I want you to notice something there according to the measure of Christ's gift. So that means he measures it out differently for each one of us. Some people have a lot more gifting than others. That's just a fact. And, you know, I, I only had one daughter. Uh, I've got one child in this world, but my parents uh, had two. There was myself and my sister, and my mom always tried to make things even between my sister and I. You know, if I got a gift worth $25, my sister got a gift worth $25 sort of thing. But that's not how Christ does it. And I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we go through this. But the... Uh, the part I struggled with that I told you about at the top of the program, when he ascended on high, he led the captives and he gave the gifts to the people. Okay, so I get that. he He's led us to through salvation. But then in verse 9, this is the part I struggled with. He ascended. What does it mean except that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended 
far above the heavens that he might fill all things. For those of you in uh, in chat, and look, there's not going to be a wrong answer here, but I'm just curious to see what you think that means. Just real quick, put it in chat if you can. He, he who ascended also descended to the lower parts of the earth. He who ascended himself, he who ascended far above all things so we might fill all things. Well, I'm not getting any immediate answers. People are active in chat, but that's all right. I, I put you on the spot. So, you know, immediately when I read this, I'm thinking, you know, after the cross, he descended to the lower parts of the earth. And I'm thinking, you know, this is when he went to hell. And uh, and by the way, when he did go down uh, below the earth, he didn't suffer anymore. I want to... I, and I, I know a lot of people teach that. I've come to a much different understanding of that now. Um, on the cross, he said, it was, it is finished. His suffering was done at that point. He went down to minister to those who were there because they didn't know the law. And I think it really ties in. And this is just my conjecture here, but... You know, we've just learned in chapter two about the mystery that was hidden until this time that the Gentiles were actually also included in the plan of salvation. Um, so I think that there were some people who just were ignorant of the law, lived bad lives, and perhaps Christ went down to minister to them. And uh, there's some kind of, well, resurrection for them as well. For some of them, I don't know that. To be fact, it'd be a really interesting study to go uh, into. But what I believe this is saying here, uh, okay, let me just see. And his ministry, okay. Yes, it was done at the cross, morning. Um, folks, here's what I think it's saying. He ascended, what does it mean? except that he also descended in the lower parts of the earth. He came here as a man. And I believe the Lord showed me this, and it's nothing I would have thought of on my own, because it's talking about overcoming sin later on in this epistle here, in this chapter. And so Christ showed us by descending, and believe me, for God to come as a man <laughs> is the lower parts of earth. <laughs> the, like the, this is extremely humbling. You know, uh, if you could make yourself an amoeba for 33 years, I don't think the comparison is even close to God coming is for in a form of a man. Um, but he did it so we might fill all things. Uh, let me know if you agree with that. I believe it's just talking about him coming as a man, dying and being resurrected. Because it's in the context of how we deal with sin. And it talks about that substantially as we go forward. 
And then we get into this thing, and in verse 11, this is very important going forward, um, not only for the purpose in which it was written, but also as we go through this series called Mass Deception at the time of this recording in February of 2023. Um, Because prophets, apostles, evangelists, um, all these fivefold ministries are going to be coming up here. But notice later in this chapter, as it was read earlier, there's all kinds of different winds of doctrine, and some of them are very deceptive, folks. And th- th- this particular one, the fivefold ministry, has been very much twisted uh, in today's winds of doctrine. And so even though I started off with a, with a faith statement in the beginning of that, uh, I want to expand on this a little bit more and actually encourage you as well. So as he gave gifts, and, and by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. There's more gifts than just this. But he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, some of you might think, well, I I don't have any of these gifts. Some Some might say you have all of them. I would say both can be true, but I do think that uh, if you're one of those who say I have none of these gifts, I'm going to encourage you that they're available for you. There's also uh, other gifts that are clearly stated throughout the scripture. How about the gift of serving? How about just the gift of encouragement? How about the gift of being a of compassion and just being able to listen to someone, give them a hug. How about the gift of giving? And some of you are able to do that. And that is a gift when it's put on your heart, when you have the kingdom inside of you and you know the kingdom works on sowing and reaping, not buying and selling, folks. Sowing and reaping. And the more that you are able to give, the more that the Lord will trust you with. That's not prosperity gospel. That's just what the scriptures say. And your ability to steward things. And I really think here, um, this lends to a stewardship parable. And I'm not going to go off uh, the chapter and read it to you. But if you don't know the parable of the talents... I think it's very fitting for this here because the master, Jesus, gave to one servant just a little. He gave to another one more, and he gave to one even more. And how did they steward that? What did they do with it? Well, the one who was given little 
did little with it. The one who was given a little bit more, and he was given a little bit more probably because he was found trustworthy in the eyes of the master, then he did a little bit more. And the one that was given the most did the most by far. And so everything was taken from the one who did nothing and it was given to the one who did everything. So even with these gifts, I think it's a stewardship issue because I believe that every one of us is called to at least be active in one of these. So some are given as apostles. Let's talk about apostles. Apostles are still in operation today. Now, there is a strong argument to be made that apostles aren't going today because it says that they were given for the foundation of the church. Well, and and people who argue that they're not active today say that the foundation was laid by the original apostles. And to be an apostle, you had to walk with Christ. You had to be taught by him directly. Okay. Why would it still be in our text 2,000 years later? God just played a joke on us? <laughs> it was there, but not for you. No. It is here. And apostle simply means... One sent forward with authority. So an apostle in today might be a church planter. Might be someone who oversees that church. It is someone who is sent with authority. And yeah, I I, I maintain that I believe that uh, the Lord is calling us back to be like the Acts Church. I do believe that uh, the kind of megachurch Christianity is going to be judged, folks. And uh, I think there's going to be a real move of God in those things. But I do believe that there are still apostles. And some are prophets. I believe that there are still prophets. And Paul even says that all are called to prophesy. Now, today, there's a lot of false apostles, and there's a lot of false prophets. It's Incredible. And there's a lot of false teachers. False evangelists. Pastors and teachers. So with prophets, in fact, hold on, because I, I was just thinking about this as we were going. Um, So Paul actually gives a bit of a prophecy, and this is debatable, but I don't think it's a stretch, in verse 17. So I say this 
and firm in the Lord. So he's saying, I have it from on high this for you. That you are no longer walk as Gentiles, but also walk in the futility of their minds. And I'll get to that and explain it in a few minutes, but that's prophecy, folks. Someone could be going through a hard time and the Lord puts an encouraging verse, a verse of correction, not of condemnation, because God isn't going to condemn one of his sons or daughters. And someone could be going through a hard thing and God puts that verse in your mind and you speak it out to that person. And it has life in it. And it's God's word, so you know it's true. That's prophecy. Now, are there still prophets that see the future? Give warnings? Call people into repentance? And I think the, the all the prophets of the Bible, the famous prophets, always called for repentance. I find that lacking in many modern day ones. And some are evangelists. You know, some just have a gift of going out and telling people about the goodness of God and what he did for them and planting seeds, sometimes closing the deal, bringing them through the prayer of Christ. That's obviously active today. And I think all of us are called to be evangelists to some extent. And some as pastors, uh, another word for that could be shepherds and teachers. Now, I want to be really honest with you. And, I'm, and I don't like talking about myself, but for us to have a relationship and because we don't have a physical entity this you know where we always meet together and stuff like that i think it's important to be somewhat vulnerable before you um i'm one who believes that i have all of these gifts i do believe i have a calling as an apostle i do know that I have a prophetic gift. I don't call myself a prophet, but I do have a prophetic gift. I've definitely been an evangelist since coming to Christ. I'm also kind of a pastor or a shepherd over the flock here. And I'm turning into one of a a somewhat of a teacher. When I look at these and I examine myself, and by the way, you should pray to God, show me what my gifts are. Lord, show me. And, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how to really hear from the Lord in that in just a minute. Okay. So there's gonna be a good teaching here. I do believe it's gonna be a good teaching. For myself, what's odd out of those those five. The least of my giftings, the the two that are the lowest in my giftings are pastoring or shepherding and teaching. 
those aren't my strong suits. And yet that's what the Lord has me doing right now, more than the other ones. So it's amazing. You know, by, by the way, there's always confusion about natural gifts and these gifts. Because just because you have a natural gift doesn't mean that that's where God's going to call you to. A lot of the time it is. If you have a natural ability to teach or something like that, then start teaching. But you should ask God to show you and then be patient in it. And here's just one really good way, and I don't want to, yeah, I'm not, not going to use the word I was going to use, but a good way to get to find out from the Lord is to, after you pray that, when you see a need, go to that need. Just start doing these things, whatever it is, and God will start to open up doors for you and he'll start to close doors for you. But you have to go out and actually just start doing stuff. You have to start teaching. You have to start evangelizing. Perhaps you look, you watch over a group of some kind. Perhaps your ministry is just in, in your office or at your workspace. But you do have a ministry. Each one of us is called. Every one of us is called into the ministry. And the most important thing, not only do you want to just start doing these things, but you have to know God's word. The more we know God's word, the less we'll fall into the trappings of the world. And the more likely he's going to open up these doors as apostles, prophets, some as evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And it's all for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. Oh, thank you, Native Mum. I'm just looking at the... Uh, yeah, listen, uh, yeah, thank you for, for those wonderful comments. Look, I, the more I do this, the better teacher I'm becoming. It's, it's simple. And, <clears throat> you know, before I started right on radio, I felt the Lord had told me that I was going to have a voice. And, you know, I started doing public speaking I started doing teaching on money and stewardship and things like that. And I was actually, you know, doing seminars, you know, two, three times a month and, you know, in front of some big crowds, like five, six, seven hundred people. And my teaching was being refined and I was, <laughs> I was being shown what to do and what not to do. I learned the tricks from some of the best people out there. And, uh, and boy, I, I, these public speakers are manipulative folks. It, it, I, I saw the magician's trick there. And so now I know not to do those things. And it's, it's amazing because 
you know, if I wanted to really sell each and every one of you on my Liberty stand, I could have a much higher percentage of you joining it with us than I do now. If I used these sales tricks, I just don't want to do that folks. I want to have integrity before you. And that is something that is very hard for me to do, not to have integrity, but uh, to not use some of these things in the natural and my natural giftings. But Jesus never had to persuade people in those ways. So, so we all attain unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man, the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So there is a time, you know, we, we do mature. When you come into salvation at first, it's this is the first time you've actually been released. You have the weapons really to fight back against sin. When you're in the world, we really didn't have it. You, you, you know, some things are just bad choices and sometimes we choose not to do that, even in the flesh. But in the flesh, we really didn't have the tools. Whereas now that you're in Christ, you don't have a sin in your life that you cannot say no to. And, you know, to a measure of your stature, the, the measure of the amount of stuff that you empty yourself of allows more of Christ and his Holy Spirit to come into us. It's walking in obedience, folks. So, verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness, boy, that sounds occultic to me, in deceitful, well, that's definitely of the devil, trickery from the devil, scheming. Is that relevant to us today, folks? We are no longer to be tossed about and the different waves and different winds of doctrine. And, you know, when I was studying this, I was reminded of a wind of doctrine. And, of course, I'm going to cover a lot of this in the series that we're doing now. Um, but this is one that most of you, I think, if you were attending church a number of years ago, there was a book that came out that swept the Christian world and... Uh, it was called The Purpose Driven Life. Then he came out with a book, uh, Rick Warren. We're going to talk about him in the Mass Deception series. Be sure of that. But what happened was, all of a sudden, all these churches, mine did, they said, listen, go out buy this book. We're going to study this book. Instead of studying the Bible we decided to study the purpose-driven life. Would that be considered a wind of doctrine? That's a wind of something. And it's today, it's still one of the best-selling Christian books out there. 
And, you know, a lot of churches, when another book comes out, they'll just teach on another thing, you know, now the purpose-driven church or whatever it is. And uh, that's not focusing on the scripture. So you can, you can go through all these different Bible commentary, Christian type books. You can do them constantly and not know the gospel. Not know the, those words in those books do not have life in them like the words in this book. I don't care how good you thought it was. It's not the Bible. God just forgot to put a couple things in that we needed this this author's help. No. Now, I'm not saying that these books are bad. Look, I'm turning new goggles into a book. And I think it's good. And it's all it is, is God gave me a whole bunch of scriptures and I put it in a different order to prove a point. But it's all scripture. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I'm not telling you not to go out and get books. I'm praying that you'll buy new goggles when it comes out. But don't study new goggles without going and taking those scriptures in context in the Bible because anyone can cherry pick scriptures to prove a point. But if you're not taking it in context, you're not. Uh, and, by, and by the way, I'm going to say this because uh, as I expose some people, and I'm going to expose the ones that are doing it purposefully, there's some that I don't know if they're just falling up into deception or not, but there's some that are doing it purposefully. And when I show you them, I will show you in context. Because anyone can say, look, you, you could take sound bites from this show and, you know, Jeff said something stupid, you know, and you just take it out of context. That could easily be done. I'm not going to do that. It's going to have integrity as we go through it. But it, it, the selection of words here, but every wind of doctrine, it just blows through like a fad, folks, by the trickery of people. Now, trickery, that's intentional. By craftiness, that sounds really pagan, in deceitful scheming. Look, I'm just going to say part of this uh, thing. We're going to be talking about the word of faith movement, folks. Um, you want to talk about deceitful scheming? I think that's the definition of it. One of them. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head that is Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And, you know, on this part, and I believe it was from Corinthians, which really supports this, but, uh, watching wall did a preach on this last night and it's so true if you just have the gift of encouragement if you have the gift of compassion it doesn't mean that you're lower 
than the apostle. You're not lower than the evangelist. You're not. God gives an uneven uh, dispensation of his gifts. That's true. But he knows you, and he knows what's best for you at this time. And he knows that you must go through some things still. So don't think that, oh, this person got saved the same day as I am, and that guy's a superstar in the church now. Who cares? Be thankful for what he's done in you. He's done the same miracle in you, which is salvation, that he did in that other person. Do not be envious for anything. God gave you the gift of you. And he wants to use you. Every single person that is saved is part of that body. And we are all knitted together. Do you think the apostle or the uh, prophet, the pastor, the teacher, can they survive without someone being a giver? No. Can they survive without someone serving? Listen, I've got this small ministry that we call Right On Radio. You know, I have a whole, I have a whole number of people serving. Most of them don't get any credit at all because they don't want credit. They just want to serve. I can't do it all myself. Particularly researching this doctrine of devils, and I don't. I take no joy in reading these things, like the Blavatsky stuff that I just did. Um, it actually hurts me inside because I see how deep this deception is, and I see exactly how it's playing out today. And I've had other people help me in this and supply some research, and for a couple reasons. One thing. Because in case they say, hold on, this isn't so bad or something. I need to have pushback sometimes. But also because it just hurts. But I, I have to do it because just because another YouTuber or I, I heard another uh, preach somewhere against this, I cannot take their word for it. Just like I can't take anyone else's word for the gospel. I have to be the Berean. I have to look it up myself. If I'm going to come out against a doctrine that is going through the, the wind of doctrine of the day, I need to be sure of what I'm doing because this is a heavy responsibility. And my the team that works with me shares in that burden of responsibility and I'm going to ask that more and more of you share in that responsibility. And you know one way you can do it? And I, I really wish the whole Right On Radio community would do just one thing. If you believe you're being taught well, if you believe that I'm being led by the Lord, if you believe that you know the Lord is moving us as a community in a particular direction, Share the show, but don't just copy the link and post it because no one cares. It's just a link. Write something. 
wow, this was a good teaching about understanding your gift from God. But do it with all the shows. You know that I pray that God will get the glory from every show I do. I always lift up his name. I almost always put in scripture. So even some of the shows that are, you know, more intel, maybe you could share them with someone who's not a Christian a little bit easier and just put a little tagline. Oh, this is good here. And maybe even put in time marks in case, you know, if it's an hour long, see, watch it, watch this part or take a clip of it and share a clip. But you could actually be serving in the ministry right now. Are you called to to put God's word out there? Of course you are. So if I'm reading the word of God and you're involved in this community, share it. Don't just, don't just let it all up to me. We're all working together as joints as part of the body. Look, you could have a foot and no toes. You're not going to stand up straight, folks. You're going to fall down. You need the toes. You need fingers. You need ears. You need eyes. Will you commit to doing that? Leave me a comment. And by the way, please hit uh, hit uh, the like button and stuff like that. Um, Tuesday, I've got, uh, well, I, I, I think I might do a double header on Tuesday, folks. Uh, the the uh, the Lord has, I well, I, I know he gave me a really great illustration of how to uh, show you the battlefront. I, I'm less confident in my ability to pull it off, <laughs> but I think it's a really powerful, um, almost like a parable. So, uh, what I'm planning at this point is to to do that, um, probably, and it'll be a safe for YouTube type show, and then I'll put up uh, the show on Rumble. And so, some of these ones that for, in this series would actually be safe to put on YouTube, but because I'm mentioning people's names, because I've got two strikes, I'm just not taking the chance, folks. So. Um, we're going to have to leave this one here because, uh, and we'll finish the chapter next week. I'm convinced. I know we will. I hope you don't mind that I'm taking a little bit more time in doing this, but what could be more important after you've been saved than to know how to walk out your faith? So thank you so much for being here, everyone. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. Um, actually, I'm going to ask one more thing before I go. So I'm going to ask for prayers, and I'll just tell you some cold, hard truths about myself. You know, I struggle in some areas just like you do. And one of the things that has been very hard for me, particularly in the last year. Well, I really, it started at the beginning of the Rona because we were all separated, but that was a good training for me to realize that I didn't need to be around a lot of my older relationships because quite honestly, we have, 
we don't have a lot in common that is good. And I've preached to these people quite a bit and, you know, probably planted the seeds and probably done about as much as I can there. Um, and I don't want to forfeit these relationships, but it's, uh, the Lord, I believe is just calling me to a new thing in my life. And he's calling me to make some significant changes in my life. And I have to make some really hard decisions over the next couple weeks. And I, I pretty much know what I'm going to decide, but uh, will I be brave enough to really crucify some parts of my flesh that need to be and to, uh, and to, to step out in faith and start walking uh, in the places that he'll have me walk. And it's going to take a lot of faith to do that because, you know, right now I don't have the resources to do what he's called me to do. I don't have a lot of things and those are excuses. God pays for what he orders, but I just, I'm just going to ask for your prayer and, you know, today um, I'm going to some old friends, the old crowd. Uh, it's Super Bowl day today, and I haven't watched the Super Bowl since the last time Kansas City won, which was, I don't know, three or four years ago. I can't remember now, but I pretty much just gave up on sports. It's all, it's nothing but the Roman Coliseum as far as I'm concerned. It was a great distraction from life, but that's what it is. It's a distraction from life. And I'm going today uh, to be with a, an old group, you know, um, there's going to be beer drinking, there's going to be chicken wings, all that stuff, a, a good Super Bowl party would have. And, and there's some fun stuff there, but I'm going for one very specific reason. Well, more than one, but there's one real reason that I'm going to be attending today. So just if you could keep me in your prayers and, you know, it's maybe kind of a, a last hoorah in many ways as well. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, wow. What great comments. Thank you to everyone. Listen, uh, God is good every day. This week I was going under a lot of heaviness. I could feel there was some attacks and it's amazing. We all know how to rebuke demons and rebuke different things, but you know, sometimes we just wallow in it. And, and I did that this week. I just sat and took it. I, you know, when I was sick, I was kind of lazy laid around in bed and stuff like that. And then this, you know, I felt better this week and I carried on that laziness and I'm, I'm usually like a hard worker. Like I I'm, I'm busy. And this week I was just lazy and that's not of God. And I felt depression. I felt a heaviness on me and I know how to break it, but I didn't. And it wasn't until Laura prayed last night that I really felt it break. And uh, we have the strength to carry on. Oh, wow. Uh, from Tricia, Jeff, you have brought so much to my life. I love this ROR community. I love this ROR community as well. 
uh, native mum prayers for you jeff we're all struggling and growing daily yeah that's right uh none of us are perfected until that day the lord comes and we're transformed folks some of you are close i'll give you that uh, uh, thank you for prayers and uh donna one of my favorites uh you are gaining wisdom i pray for you god bless you sunday blessings ror family and i love that everyone puts in the blessings to the family uh, what a truly beautiful thing. Hey, enough of my rambling. May God bless each and every one of you. And remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.